You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good new year. Is it a new year yet? Not yet. Oh, close. Very, Very close. close. It could be for the person listening to this. It could be. Wait. When are you putting it out there? Yeah, see, it might be the new year. <laughs> I might put it out there on New Year's Eve. Okay, yeah, do like it. I so, Happy New the... Year if you're yes. listening to this whenever. Yes. So, um, what was that before the, the after? Oh, before, I just wanted to mention this. This is um, something that's happened this week, which is horrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Princi- and her mother. Princess Leia from Star Wars died this week. Um... Which is horrible. I told you, it bummed me out that whole it day. Did. Not just that whole day. It's, it's no Carrie Fisher. And then her mother died the day after. Of a broken heart? Oh. Well, no. There would have been a medical reason. But I, I, I do think... I, I said, I typed you a message as soon as I found out Carrie Fisher had died. I told you, because I was at work. And then, the very next message I typed was, her mother's not going to last very long. And I never hit send. Right. Yeah. And then a couple of days before that, George Michael... Lead singer Christmas of, Day. of Wham. Um, yeah, it's tragic. I mean, I, I feel for the families and the fact that we don't get more from these people and their beloved. It's just that so did thousands of other people die on those days. I didn't. In re- really horrible, terrible ways that we will never know because they're not famous. So it's fine to attach yourself to a famous person and feel lost because they're a person after all. It's just that it makes it blinding to all the other tragedies in the world, I think. And that's unfortunate. I, um, I've always been a fan of George Michael. Um, I think, uh, what's that album called? Faith. Older. Mm-hmm. The album Older is like, uh, it's like a masterpiece. It's really awesome. Like, listen to it from start to finish. It's really emotional and tells you a lot about him. Um, I've always been a fan. Wham, you know, it's really silly and throwaway music, but you can't deny they made a huge impact on the I think I have Faith scene. on an album in a box in the garage. Yeah, Faith, uh, one where he's got a leather jacket on yep. the front. Yep. It's a good album too, but Older was the one I really liked. But um, I've always been a fan of them since the 80s. That makes us seem really the old. 80s. When Wham came about and that kind of music was, you know, the thing. People might listen to it now and go, what the hell is that? But, you know, he, he was an influence. He was a like a legend in music. Mm, I don't know. That legend, I would say when you think of the eighties, you think of Wham. In some yeah, but I don't know if that's down to the person or to the hype and the the you know the temperature of the day determines a lot of what. But we he also remember. stuck around for twenty five yeah, years. After. Off and on. Yeah, but I mean, he, he had people don't become legends when they die just because they were famous and we all know. So a lot of people know who they are. I mean, that doesn't make you a legend, but it makes you famous for sure. And Carrie Fisher, obviously, with Star Wars, is really... I would argue with more of the legend status for people who have played those characters only because I said, you would be hard-pressed to find a human on this planet who, if you showed them a picture of Princess Leia, they didn't, they wouldn't know what it was or what it was from or have... There's going to be... I don't know this for a fact, but there are going to be few humans who would look at that picture and go like, what? I don't know. Unless they're like four years old. <laughs> I mean, even then, even then you're going to have a lot. So I just think that... Star Wars, somebody said the other day I was listening to, they said, uh, oh yeah, Star Wars is such a huge bit of pop culture. 
And then the other person said, I don't even think it's pop culture, Star Wars. It's culture. It's just everything. Like, because everybody knows about it. It transcends all of the things. Because it's Star Wars. Like, it, like you say, it'd be hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't know who Darth Vader is. Doesn't know who Chewbacca is. Yeah. Doesn't know who. Well, I was saying, La- yeah, any Leia of those is. characters. Or Luke. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to. But if they never existed, we wouldn't know the difference. It's just that now that as they will in our aging years, past the people who played them, the characters will never go away. You can always watch Star Wars, and a hundred years from now, someone can be watching A New Hope, yep. knowing that everyone's dead. We watch movies now. That we know everybody's dead. <laughs> I mean, like, it's 70 years old, and they were 30 years old at the time. So chances are. So it's just going to keep going like that. At least the characters will go on. And we just watched Rogue One, which featured a digital Carrie Fisher. And we know we're going to get episode 8 next year, which features the real Carrie Fisher. So we will get to see her as Leia again. But um, who knows what episode 9 holds. It might hold a completely digital Carrie Fisher. But hopefully we're better at that by then. <laughs> so um, this is after the show we are a movie review podcast this is number 460 Saturday December the 31st Happy New Year everybody the movie we're looking at this week it isn't and this movie even um, even has, a sta- has Star Wars references in it and uh, it's not the kind of movie that you would expect Star Wars to be in but it is so this is uh, American Honey it's a 2016 movie it's released on December the 27th. That's this week. You can pick it up now. It's rated R and it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And uh, Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of American Honey. Who <laughs> will I now? Um, a young woman. This is, this is the most basic hack. <laughs> we were talking about being a hack earlier. It's the most basic hack synopsis I can think of. A young girl, young woman, goes on a journey from what appears to be a miserable life to find herself and something better and is entangled with hmm, not a great group of people. I don't know. All right, it's questionable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, she's outside the confines of what we think of yeah. aspirational life. All right. So let me start up front here. This uh, movie is directed by Andrea Arnold. Um, Fish Tank is a movie she made several years ago. And uh, it's one of my... It sticks in my head. It's one of my favourite movies. It's exceptionally good. It's, it. I don't know what it is that she does. It's something that speaks to me. And she does... She does uh, stories about empowering young ladies. Like, empowered young ladies. Uh, in, think, a, uh, in, a, in a particular way. That's one thing all, people all can say. Are. She can say that. I don't know if that's what it is. I think a, a more objective person would say you're just exploring... Sort of the the consequences in each of the stories of someone else's choices. Usually, the mother of the young woman, the parents of the young woman, the people around the young women, and the consequences of that on an, on that young woman. And usually, it's just getting through. They're not really empowered or super strong, and like they're just getting through. But the, yeah, but there is like a narrative of them. Getting out of something and being better than that. Really? Yeah. Think about it. That's what fish tank is, and that's what this is, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Not, not really. Well, they aspire to something. They aspire they... to, yeah. yeah. So, um, I like uh, Andrea Arnold's style. She actually won an Oscar for a short film, Wasp. Um, go and see those films. Uh, if you get the Criterion edition of Fish Tank, which you should see anyway, 
all three of her short films, including the Oscar winner, is on there. You will get what Andrea Arnold is all about. You might hate, hate it, though. I think it will be polarizing. If you're not like, it's artistic. It's not your run-of-the-mill Hollywood type film. It's Art- the artistic is not an A vague. to B type plot. It is or, human observation. Yeah, it's more of I a. I mean, was that observation? Observing human behavior and choices and the state of a life, basically. Her style is a lot like um, uh, if you've seen the wrestler. Or Black Swan uh, from Aronofsky. Without the it's weirdness. A lot of, yeah, I mean, those have got a weird... Uh, but the way it is, it's point of view. Like, um, you're with some people and you're just experiencing it. You forget that it's being filmed. You f- it's almost like you're watching a home movie, even. This one, in particular, and Fish Tank. It's got a bit of documentary feel occasionally. Um, and best of all, um, with this movie... It's all handheld filmed, and we watched Jason Bourne the other day, and I said to you, what a pain in the ass that handheld filming is, because what they were doing on Jason Bourne was trying to make it so you know 100% it's always handheld filmed. This movie is handheld filmed, but it doesn't irritate you. It does me, a little bit, yeah. Uh, It didn't irritate me at all, and it never did in Fish Tank, and some people say, oh, it made them sick and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it irritated me a little bit. But I like that style. She uses, um, in this movie and in Fish Tank, she uses uh, not widescreen, it's um, full screen. So if you've got a full screen TV still, it will look it's right not at full home. screen. Yeah, 133.1, which oh, is we don't called call that full, full screen. TV. Oh, I don't think we call it. You remember when you used to have a CRT? It would fill that whole. Right, we used to call it 4x3, I think. Right. Well, it, it's called full screen and widescreen in your. I think full screen for us is full screen like widescreen. It fills the whole oh, screen. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah. So this uses that aspect ratio. And you might say, why in this day and age? Well, she likes to have a claustrophobic frame. It's part of her artistic thing. I don't understand 100% how that benefits this movie because this movie um, has a lot of really stunning-looking... Vistas. ...of Missouri and Iowa. And I think they would look better on a wider frame, but it's her choice. But this movie does stick to that the entire time. It never breaks out of that. Um, So I like her style a lot. And this movie is no exception. In fact, I was thinking, do I like this better than Fish Tank? And yes, I do. Um, I feel like this one has more story to it. Even though some people will say, that's a three-hour movie about very little. (laughs) Um, You might come away like that if you're that kind of person. But no, I think there's a huge story being told about a young girl that, you like I say to you, this movie feels... After a while, you completely forget. I forget that it's a movie. I'm just watching like somebody do some stuff, which you don't really have in movies. I don't feel. I'm never like, oh my god, that person's acting, or oh my god, look at that framing, or look, they're trying to do something. It's not like that. It feels like somebody's got a this one. Yeah, is... like somebody's making a YouTube video almost. Occasionally, it feels forced to me. I mean, I really love it. Don't get me wrong, but there are flaws where it feels. I feel the improvisation. I can see it. I can. I understand that two seconds before that they had a little meeting of the minds and said, "This is what we're going with," and so everybody just sort of wing it, and then getting the beautiful shots of them close up and banging around and hitting each other, and that feels choreographed without being choreographed, and that's obvious to me. Sometimes, other times when it's just her being on her own. Those are the emotions that I was like, I felt like that's, I forget that she's not just a girl sitting there contemplating life. So 
It does have its moments. And, and what this is a story of is you've probably heard or seen of these people. You might have even been sold to by these people. <laughs> but these are people. They, these people exist. This is not a made-up thing in America and in other countries, I'm sure. But they're like people who maybe feel a bit lost or they just they're young and they get into this thing. But what this thing is, it's they sell magazines. So they, they travel around the country permanently. There's no break to it. They go to a state. They stop in their little van. They stay in little hotels overnight. And then they go off and they hardcore sell magazines. They don't have a bunch of magazines in their hand. They just have a little thing. Then you pick some magazines off it. And a few weeks later, you get your magazines in the mail. And they sell you these magazines. And... It's a ruthless thing. It's like you don't sell the magazines tr uh, honestly. A lot of the time they lie to you. They give you a sob story. Or they give you a story that they know will kind of... Like the Shia LaBeouf character in this movie says, you do whatever you do. Like Yeah, he says... You figure that he, person out. He sums out. up actually all of life and relationships. This is, this is how I saw it. As I said, you become what they want. You sum them up, and then you become the person they need in their life. And that sounds like, oh, what a sales pitch. But if you think about it, we all do it to everybody. As soon as you meet somebody at work, or you meet somebody in a bar, you meet somebody online, and you start learning about them, you tweak who you are just enough to make them see a little bit of themselves in you. Always. Like, you just do. Natural. You know? like, yeah. yeah. And so that's his sales pitch, but I feel like he's, she's hearing that, and then she is... Not as she's not contrived about it when she's falling in love with them or she's trying to do the sales, she's not thinking that way. But that to me summed up everything. So, yeah, he's trying to say, We're not doing anything wrong because these people want to buy into something, and it's not about the magazine, it's about they want to feel good about themselves because they just helped a poor college student or a poor kid whose dad just died. Well, really, or, they didn't because, yeah, but it makes them it goes on with their they don't walk away feeling ripped off, right. I said to you, but these magazines never show up, and you assure me they do. They but do. I bet. I bet they don't all. I mean, it's not an actual scam. It's it's. I bet it is a scam in a lot just of places. Say, the actual scam, if there is a scam, the scam of this thing is, once they take your name and phone number and everything, yeah. you will get your magazines, but you'll also be sold on to something else, uh, which you don't even agree to or know about. So you will be on some other lists, you will get phone calls, you will... That is what they want from you, really. Like, they, you're, you're identified, you know. You're, yeah. You, and then all of a sudden you're being asked, do you want to buy some more magazines? Do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? Do you want to be in a DVD club? Do you want to be in... It never so ends. So what's the lesson? Don't buy the magazines. From somebody who comes to your door <laughs> yeah. with a sub story. So what these people do is they go around doing this, and uh, this is just literally like, you know, a few months of their life, maybe a month, I don't know. You're along the way, following them, seeing what they do, seeing them going selling stuff, uh, seeing them sleeping in a hotel, seeing them like partying with each other, seeing what they do when they just drive down the road. If that sounds interesting to you. Have you ever have had a sibling or a child or a grandchild or a niece or nephew or your neighbor had a kid who they say, you say, well, how's, so, how's little Joe doing? And they're like, well, you know, he's been tangled up with some people. We're not too sure about and we don't hear about him much uh, from him much he's uh on the road uh doing something but we don't know maybe we'll see him at christmas that's where joey went <laughs> it's yeah. like 
He, he got just, he met these people who made him feel like he's part of something. Something. And they are something. They, they have, yeah, the woman in charge has yeah. a plan. It's a thing, yeah, it's a little business. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think, is it? It's like a I'm it's like convinced. a little fringe business that that all it is benefiting is this little group. They're they're surviving and she's making some money. Yeah, like what's the point? That is it. What's no. the objective? The Hers point is just to keep surviving, like and, yeah. and we can do it and it's relatively easy. Because they've got the gift of the gab, or you know, they all have. But like I said, it's all a tr- it's all a trap. And you're made to feel like shit if you have bad sales, and yeah, the motivation to, to being with... a big seller in this group is that you don't have to f- fight each other at the end of the week. Yeah, that's their little <laughs> ritual. If you do shitty, you actually lay hands on each other. Yeah, you fight, yeah. and so. But then I said, well, it's really no different except for the fighting part, like in a car dealership where if you're at the bottom of the leaderboard. People think differently of you. You don't get the bonuses. Bonus, yeah. You get treated. You, you don't maybe shit. get invited out to the bar. Yeah. I mean, it's a different. You're not actually punching the shit out of each other. Which, if you think about it, that might be more of a motivator. It's all the same <laughs> thing. It's just theirs is a, this thing is a little bit hippy dippy. I feel like bit... the guy who ended up fighting, not the naked one, but the other one, actually want. He felt like he needed to fight somebody. That's why he didn't, because he wasn't too bothered about. They did it. say that in the back of the car that. You might think that fighting each other sounds stupid, but we do need to get our frustrations yeah. out occasionally. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because this thing is kind of like a pressure cooker, what we're doing. Like it. And it is, it's it's just this group of people, and they're just going around, and they're selling, and they're, um, you know, fucking each other, and they're <laughs> falling in love with each other, and they're, some of them are depressed, some of them are happy, go-lucky kind of people. It's just an interesting group of people. In this van, and you spend some time with them. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Are you um, afraid of them? Do you think if they came to my door, I'd yeah. be, I'd be like fuck off because, and that's not a bit judging. Opportunistic. Yes, the opportunistic part, and I've experienced with a sibling the life of a person who has nothing left to lose, and who feels the world is out to get them, and that they are nothing. That and and they're. They feel judged and looked at and, like, put down by society. And so they squeeze through the bars of the cage that they're in and try to think that, well, if I'm hanging out with these people who smoke a lot of dope and sell a little dope and steal this and that and hang out with this and look at, make sure the cops don't catch us or, you know, make friends with that cop on the corner because if we do that, then we can do this and that. And there's just this constant, like, struggle and these are to survive emotionally in the world. These that's aren't how thieves I see them. or anything. I mean, yeah, they are. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is a bit of a thief, right? But they're not all thieves. They're no, like, no. like it's not a legit business for scamming people. It's a business to sell these magazines. But Shia LaBeouf's character. I like how you're really convinced that that's totally a real thing. No, it is a real thing. I mean, there are people who sell magazines, yeah. but yeah. it's not real just because if someone came at our door right now and said they're selling a magazine, it doesn't mean there's, there's they're companies really... that organize. I that. understand. Yeah. But I could also put together a band of people and have all the same shit and tell them, go to the house, fill out the form, tell them that our credit you know, card like machine, Ava. tell them our credit card machine is broken and that we have to take Oh, there's cash. that too, probably. And if you tell them the same sob story. So to tell people, oh, it's totally legit. I say, no, be paranoid. And if you want to buy a magazine. Oh, I, I wasn't saying it's totally. I'm saying there's definitely shysters out there. But this thing is an organized thing. It's like they're working for Avon. There's this magazine company that pay them. For in commission for selling magazines, and like they say, <laughs> they try and sell a magazine to a trucker, and he's like, "I don't really want a magazine." And they're like, "It's not about the magazines. You could wipe your ass on it." Like we <laughs> just, you know, um, 
They just try and like, and Shia LaBeouf, if that person came to your house, he's really very friendly and he's very easygoing and it would be very easy to fall into his trap, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Including that woman she who answers the door to him. Have you not met somebody like that? Um, not somebody like who... a super salesman type. Oh, right. Because I just, yeah. I, I like I don't these movies. I fall for them perfect. Because person, I, I can honestly I say so. I've met people. When I watch a movie where I identify with the person, not necessarily because they're like me, but because I'm like, holy shit, that is the guy I used to live with. Like a long time ago in another lifetime, there is this, and it literally was manic depression, and he does have manic depression, <laughs> that there is this like all-encompassing, you are the most important person in the world right this minute, and everything about you is awesome and special. Two seconds later, get out of my fucking face, you're a loser. I, and, and there's something weird elastic about that relationship where all you're waiting for is the next time that they turn around and they're incredible and they are big and bold and exciting. And the days that they're not, you just sort of like skirt around. And so I saw him like that. Like yeah. The Shia LaBeouf character is kind of trapped also. But he's all in. But he's kind of like in this thing. Yeah. He's, he's had a previous relationship with this lady as far as I could see. Um... I'm not sure. I feel like he'd like there's been something in the past, and like they say, this is their words. They call well, he's her bitch. He does everything for her, and he really does. He yeah, kind of jumps when she says jump. But you have to remember what he said. I become yeah. what that person needs to get what I yeah. want. Because so it keeps his life um, less. And amongst stressful. these people, he's a big deal. He goes out into the world. He's not a big deal anymore. People don't look at him like, "Hey, where's Jake? Hey, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Hey, Jake's cool. Jake's cool." You go to an office place, and everybody looks at you like you're the loser who's been living on the streets for three yeah. years. Like, stay away from us. So he can't give up on this. So he does everything for her, so he can stay a part of it. I think. So this is that story, just of those people. It's not really like a um, narrative like you would see, not you know, average movies. It's more. It's not Tree of Life exactly, if you've seen Tree of Life, because that is um, less than narrative, isn't it? That (laughs) that takes away the narrative occasionally. Yeah. And it becomes just art. This one does have a focused thing that it's going on, but it's not a, it's not the beginning, middle of an end type movie. If you're looking for a huge resolution and all that sort of stuff, it's not that. I think you can find a resolution with... Along the way, you see, I'm a big, and this sounds really like a weird meme. Yeah, the journey of life is all you've got. Because the end isn't anything. The end is the end of a story. The end of everything is the end. Like, that is the end. So everything you got, you did to get there, is, is the resolution. It is every moment that you live, her experiences are taking her from one person to another person to another thought to another interpretation to another thing. And I think that is what's fascinating about this story of her. It's not like the kind of story where I said it's not Suicide Squad. It's not like you get a little package of who she is. She has a mission. She completes the mission. And we all wrap it up tidy in the end or, or we look for another uh, ver- another uh, sequel down the road or whatever. It's just you have to go with it. You've got to be in it like it's a long movie. 
So as soon as it starts, you gotta just. It's very enveloping, though. It's like I, a roller coaster. There's for never real. a moment where I was like, "Oh wow, this is really boring," <laughs> or "This scene is going on too long." Never. Or, I didn't have that ever. No, not at all. And I do in some movies that are even more structural than this movie. Uh, there are some stunning scenes, I think, in this movie uh, in terms of acting, and you know the beginning scene where she first sees Jake. In the car park, and he talks to her a little bit, and then she goes inside the Walmart or wherever it is, and the um, they're coming up, and then um, Calvin Harris's <laughs> "We Found Love" starts to play over the, you know, in the Walmart. That whole scene's really powerful, like not just because of the music. Very. It's the way, like she is this this young girl who's open to things right at this moment, like she's looking for something, and she can see it. And you can tell that she can see it. And what she sees is these people. Like, I could be with these people. It would be much better than what's happening right now for me. Like, Yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, she's in a shitty situation. Yeah, we won't describe it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, but you can totally see and feel all of that. And when he says, meet us tomorrow, at the, do you want to work for us? Meet us tomorrow. And you can see it all running through her mind and... She's got nothing to lose. She's got nothing. Well, the only thing in her mind is, well, I have these two children here. Not her children. Her siblings. She looks after her siblings all the time, it looks like. And that is what is an obstacle for her. You can see that in her mind. What do I do here? Like, can I leave these kids? Like, And then she sorts all that out. But that scene's really powerful. There's, there's quite a few powerful scenes. Um, the scene where she goes to this family to sell some magazines and it, they're a really poor family mm. and the mother's a drug addict and the kids are just looking after themselves basically and there's nothing and she's a good person this late this yeah. uh, um, star and she shows you star is her viewer. name by the way yeah she shows <laughs> you the viewer like how good a person she is I mean it's not like she's trying to prove anything to anybody because nobody would know what yeah. she did happened exactly she just feels bad, like, and she thinks of her little siblings and how shitty they must be treated, and um, that's a powerful scene. There are many powerful scenes. Um, and you know what? It's this sounds like I'm getting boring, but I met a girl on a bus once when I was riding to New York uh, to Florida. She had a little girl with her, and I knew that she was trying to play up people for sympathy. She smelled kind of bad. She kind of was dirty. She didn't seem to really be going anywhere and I heard her talk to other people and you know how bad it was or whatever and I happened to have some money because I got some money I was coming back from Florida so I just left this job and moving back to Missouri and so I had quite a bit of money in my pocket like literally cash in my pocket and I thought fuck it like I I got nothing I had nothing except my old 486DX computer in a box under that bus that I had lugged all the way with me to Florida. And I was lugging it all the way back on a bus with my suitcase. Yeah, it was now, about that. 486 is huge. It was yeah. humongous. Yeah. So I, that was under there. And I wasn't coming back to anything necessarily. I was coming back to help my sister with her kid. And I just thought, I don't, it doesn't even, like, I don't need, I just felt like even if she has enough to get, like, some McDonald's or something and so I gave her a hundred dollars and I thought because I got to talking to her and I just folded up in a piece of paper and then I said you know just do whatever and I said she could go I'll pay you back I'll pay you back and you know you get that vibe like I know what you're doing but the th thing is I did what he's telling you people do I felt 
Like, okay. I mean, I've done something. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what I was contributing to, really? But it does something to you to make you feel like you've you've got more than that person. So you give it up. Now, I've met people who don't have that ever, it seems like. Now, they might hide it really good. But that thing of, well, if you had $100 and someone asked you for 10 and you just, what did you give it to them? Well, no, they'd probably buy drugs or something. You know, so I don't know. There's another uh, powerful scene in this movie. And this is, uh, I guess it's the power of people. And when they do good things in this movie, it makes you feel really good. Because there's a lot of moments in this movie where you're like, oh, these people are shysters. What is going on here? This is going to not be ending well. Yeah, exactly. But there's a, another powerful moment for me where she meets just this truck guy. He's just transporting some cattle. And she gets in the truck with him and everything in your mind is saying, oh, don't get in a truck with truck guy. He's probably really creepy. And it turns out he's just the nicest man and he wants to buy some <laughs> magazines. Yeah. And he plays a Bruce Springsteen song and they sing along to it a little bit and then he lets her out. And it's like a moment of you, it, me, thinking, not all people are shit. Correct. Like, there are nice people and there are shit people because there are some shit people in this yep. movie too. But um, those and moments... questionable. Yeah, and questionable where you don't know what... As you they're... grow up, you have to learn how to not be taken advantage of, not be used as the patsy, not be used as somebody's kicking post or whatever, right? And that's what she's learning. She's learned it already because she's had a hard life, but she, yeah. now she's sort of sprung out into a different kind of groups of people, but she's a little naive, and yet that somehow feeds back to even the people who are a bit seem a bit creepy. And then it's it not kind 100%. of dawns on them like this is just a girl who's like kind of fucked up and maybe I shouldn't do what I'm about to do kind of thing. So, Because there is a moment in this movie when some cowboy dudes appear that I was thinking it was going to go very, very bleak and horrible at this. But, you know, it kind of does <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is a road trip movie, basically. But there, it's a working road trip. They're all working. It's not like for fun, but there is fun yeah. interspersed. They do funny things. They, you know. So if you like to go on a road trip with some interesting uh, outcasts, you might say, uh, you might like this. So moving on to the cast, and most of this cast is unknown. So me saying their names and <laughs> is kind of pointless because you won't. I don't know. You don't know. But most most of this cast I was just reading were made comprised of. Non-actors, people they found, they like the look of them, and they mostly do uh, what do you call it, um, ad-libbing and um, improvisation. Yeah. So it's not like a scripted movie. It's more like here's a vibe, and this is what needs to happen. Now you all do it. So the people you will recognize, um, which I can mention, it, well, you won't recognize. <laughs> Sasha Lane is the star of this movie, and she's called Star, and it's her first movie. But you would think she'd been acting a long time. Because oh, definitely. she is like skilled. She uh however old she is, she acts beyond her years to me, like she's wise and may she can act naive, she can act wise, she can act I don't know, she's powerful, I think. She's exactly right. Yeah. Um I'm sure we'll be seeing her again. This is her first movie. She's called Sasha Lane, she's excellent. And Sheila Buff is the you know, um, male star here. He plays Jake. 
And I was just saying, I was trying to get to the bottom of... I was looking online, like, why people have gone off Shia LaBeouf, why they feel like it's a joke, or, you know, like, I mean, this is a guy who was, for several years, one of the biggest movie stars in the big Transformers franchise, he was, he had his own movie, Disturbia, he was in Eagle Eye, he was in those big Hollywood movies. I feel like movies. you're spreading them out over more years than there was. It was pretty he was, condensed. He was right up there. He was in, in the Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones 4, as Indy's son. And then what? That was it, pretty much. When you think about it. Yeah, well, from his own doing, apparently, while I was just reading, he decided that it wasn't for him. He, was he didn't sick want of to it. be part of that trap. He's more artistic than that. And then he started, he went off and started doing some of his own projects, artistic projects. People lumped him in with the, oh, he's lost his mind. Do you remember when um, Joaquin yes. Phoenix um, disappeared and did that film? I mean, people thought he'd lost his mind, but he was doing a piece of art. This is how they feel about Shia LaBeouf. Now, I don't agree with that. I think he's doing what he wants to do. Which he is entitled to. Which he's entitled to do. Yeah. How much money must he have made off the back of Transformers? Probably doesn't need money now. It's probably all about the art of acting. And in this movie, he, he delivers, I think. he uh, He's... It's not clowning about... It's a real character. It's not Shia LaBeouf to me. It's this dude. Like, he's... It's he's a dude who's trying to work everybody all the time. Yeah, but I don't think he's got... Yeah, he's not got bad intentions. His intention... He's just got a, an ambition. His ambition is to make enough money. <laughs> make enough money. Yeah. Or steal <laughs> Quote, unquote. Money. Yeah. Um, to just get his own house and be quiet and live on his own. And just have a nice you know, relaxing existence. He's not like a... He's a chancer. Yeah, you wouldn't trust him in your house for two seconds. But he's very charming, and he fits well with this group. He's kind of the lead guy in this group, isn't he? I mean, he doesn't... That's what I'm saying. He fits with them. He needs them more than they right. need him, though. Yeah. Um, but how do you feel about him, Shia LaBeouf, in this? Do you, are you a fan of him? Do you, I mean, not a fan of him overall. Because I feel like he's he was trying too hard to be the guy that everybody wanted him to be. And he was, didn't have the talent, really, at the time to back it up. Now, I think because he's put himself through this little ritual of, fuck it, I'm a rebel, I'm not one of you, I'm the guy who wears the paper bag on his head or sits and watches his own movies and lets you, you know, all the weird stuff. Well, it's weird, but that sort of, like, pushes you past... He doesn't feel like he needs to be with Nikki anymore. What Nikki? Is that what it's called? Was Nikki? In Transform. Yeah, he's not that guy, but he is a little bit because I think that's partly who he is. But he's not. I don't know. It's not tempered by someone off stage. Him asking somebody constantly, "Was that good? Is that good? Is that what they want? Is that what they want?" I feel like that's what he was before, and now he's like, "I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna be wild and crazy." Yeah, and that I, benefits this guy a lot. Yeah, I think he works perfectly in this movie because. It's obviously a lot of improvisation. He seems to be good at that. I think he's just, like, inhabited this character. I'm this Jake guy, and uh, this is how he would act. I get, I get him. Like, and maybe he is part of this Jake guy in real life. I don't know. But uh, I think he does really well. And there are scenes where he really gets into it. There's a sex scene in this movie that, to me, seemed like a real sex scene. Yes, totally. It very real. Oh, totally. I know that that wouldn't happen. I'm sure it wouldn't. But I would hope not. That's just prostitution. Yeah, but... it. 
it felt like the most real, one of the most real sex scenes I've seen in a movie. I was like, wow, this is really like the way it was filmed, the way what was occurring, it just really looked real. Um, so I think he was great in it. I'm, you know, we've watched him since the Battle of Shaker Heights, where he was like a nobody and just Project Greenlight. If you've never watched that, he um, he didn't, he wasn't involved in the show, but they hired him as an actor to be in the movie Battle of Shaker Heights. And he was not a big deal at that time. Yeah, I think he went on to be a big deal pretty soon after that. But I really like him in this. I think he was an excellent piece of casting, to be honest. He really, really fits. Riley Keough plays Crystal. And if you... You've probably not heard that name. But you might think, oh, that face looks familiar. (laughs) She does look like her grandma. She is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. So Priscilla Presley's... Granddaughter. Granddaughter. And... Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And she plays Crystal. She's the leader of this group of salespeople. Is she Nick Nolte's daughter? Because he was married to no. her. No. Okay. No, I looked it up. It was not. I couldn't. It was a key. Somebody. Key. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. But I guess she would be not Nick Nolte. Nicholas Cage. Right. No. No. Because Lisa Marie was married. Right. To him. So this I've never seen her before. Actually, uh, I only knew she was Elvis's granddaughter because I'd read the um, synopsis list and they mentioned that. Um, and she plays the head lady of this uh, group. She's as she's as effed up as they are. Don't get me wrong. She's a little bit. She's more in control than they are. She's got them. <laughs> the way it works, that hierarchy is. I said to you, it's like, like a it's like a pimp and the prostitutes. She's like she, in the office, though. She gets her own little room every time in the hotel where they share rooms. She's looked after, and they're kind of. But it makes you wonder. What. What kind of a crew was she with before she got to be that right. person? But she is head lady. People are kind of semi-scared of her, like aware that she's in charge of their destiny. Because if she wants to... If you're shitty at sales, like you said, they'll leave you at the side of the road. That's you. You don't literally drive off and you are yeah. at a truck stop somewhere. They've done that before. So people have a bit of a fear of her. Like, you know, when it's time... They have this little thing where it's time to give your daily money to her. And everybody gets out the money. And if you haven't done so well, it, you can see that they're like, oh, shit. You know, what's she going to say? So what did you think of her, Riley Keel? I thought she was really good. Because I was convinced that she is this, like... I couldn't quite figure out her motivation. Because she's in the same shitty motels. She's got a nice car. And she's got some nice jewelry. And every time we meet her, she's got something on that's new. Like new. a swimsuit had a price tag on it. She has bags of stuff sitting on the bed always. So is that her constant motivation to get these people? Because essentially, she's the one turning in all the sales to the company. She's obviously if there's a real company, profit, yeah. <laughs> well, no, she's getting it all. And right. in order for her to be a good salesperson, according to the company that I think is fake, um, she has to get all these other people. Instead of her walking the streets of the towns, they do it for her. They bring her all the sales. She turns them in, and then uh, obviously something. Yeah, she literally does nothing. She uh, yeah. does the the. Uh, what you call it? Paperwork, basically. She does her research though, because every yeah. time that goes somewhere oh, she new, knows she knows everything about that place. This is a rich there, place. This is what you should do. How to act. Here's how to some be. clothes for you all. So what that tells me is yeah. she was in the back of that van for a long, because she looks pretty rough for being a young, beautiful girl. I almost young, think she looked like she was drugged a lot. Like, I think so. Fucked up a little bit. Yeah. She didn't look well. 100%. Well, I'm thinking, does she have a big fancy house somewhere, and she only does this like three months of the year? What is her ultimate? Goal it seemed, here. 
Yeah, but she is good. She really is good. And it's a tough role because she's not the likable person in this whole movie. She's the uh, person who you might look at and go, you know, she's... She's that thing, the same thing as an office manager, though. If somebody's hard on people and gives people shit, but then they come over and pat your back a little bit and tell you how great you are and give you a $20 bonus after doing something, but then two days later, they're looking... You think you're special... But then they look at the group and go, you all suck, and we haven't had the sales, and blah, blah, blah. They are, it's just like, um, what's it called, a drill sergeant, when you're being trained in the army. They rip you down and lift you up. And, and she rip really you down. does, doesn't she? She really she, does, but in a very weird she way. She gives, gives them all shit, as well as, oh, well done if you did all right that day. Um, and the other famous actor in here was Will Patton, which I didn't expect to see. <laughs> he just turned up. Um, he's, he was called Backseat, <laughs> which will all be revealed if you watch the movie. But that actual, the, those bunch of cowboys, those three guys, and the other, there's a lot of real people in this movie, and you can tell. I mean, non-actors. Yes, absolutely. When they go visiting people's houses to sell stuff, those people who come to the door, those are just people. You can tell that those are people, because the way they act, I've said to you in the past, even actors improvising is not the same as just ordinary people talking. Correct. You can almost always tell. Even the Kansas City people who come to the door and they're kind of questioning them about the cafe, they're just a family. You can totally tell. That's I don't just, know about that, but... They I mean, felt to me like just... It could have been like a producer on the movie or something and they're like, just bring your kids. Or it could be totally fake. Well, I no. What I was reading there was they um, a lot of those scenes and they filmed lots of them. They're not in the movie were just they went round a neighborhood and said, we're making a movie. Oh, right. We're yeah. going to do this and just act natural. Just... They're going to come and sell you something. You, what would you say? Would you say, "Oh, that's yeah. a cool." So that's how that, and it all feels really natural. And the bit where they go to the uh, oil place, and there's the dudes who yeah. work on the oil place. Those are dudes who work on an oil place. Look like me. it. I mean, um, some of them are a little extra handsome. So I think I some of them might have been, but I think most of them, when there's a big group of people who just are there, like, and they go to that location and go, oh, "Look, there's people. Come and sign the waiver." <laughs> um, so yeah. There's a, it's a good cast. You won't know anybody, mostly, but you will be like, wow, those are all pretty good. Like, uh, Andrea Arnold um, directed this. Fish Tank, Wasp, Milk, Dog. <laughs> They're all short films. Fish Tank's a, a long film. Um, I really like her style. I can't wait to see something else by her. I, we watched Fish Tank several years ago. And I thought she wasn't going to do anything else. Like, I've always been like, is it going to be another Andrew Arnold film? I really like that. And I was so excited that this came along. And uh, lived right up to my expectations. So, what didn't live up to my expectations is uh, the extras on this Blu-ray. Um, it is a long movie, almost three hours. Um, but there's only one extra. And it's just an interview with um, Sasha and Riley. And uh, it lasts about six minutes. Doesn't really give you much, to be honest. Tells you about what, how they felt about acting in it. But there's no Andrea Arnold. It's like she didn't, doesn't exist. It's one of those things. They talk about her, but she's not there. Uh, so that's a bit disappointing. I would like a, a director's commentary or something like that. Maybe we'll get a special edition down the line, but this is not that. It's just the movie, really. Uh, so conclusion, American Honey. My conclusion is we just did our top 10 movies of the year last week. And this movie should actually be included because it's still this year. Yeah, you said it'd be in your top three. It's number three. It would be number three in my top ten movies. So whatever was number three gets a number four because this one's in there. It really is an exceptional movie. That 
it's not for everybody, but it absolutely is my kind of movie. So um, if you like my kind of movie and you've followed this podcast and you're like, oh, I like stuff that A. Scully likes, you might like this one. So highest recommendation for me. You should definitely watch it. And you? I would say I'd put it right up in my top five for sure for this year. And I I get a little lost in the, like, the exploring the choices I've made in life and the people I've met and, like, that magnetism, that magnet of... Because I could easily be a barfly person. I could spend my life every evening going to the bar until late and then hang around with whoever wants to hang around and go to whatever after party and because that was... I don't know, that's a draw for me. So I can understand a life kind of... um not wasted, but a life where you're, that trap is that you're literally just do getting by. Like you're all you're looking forward to is that weird atmosphere with the people who are out of control and the chaos of it and the the weird um like you never know who you're gonna meet. And this group of people is that because they're always bringing in somebody new as well. Yeah, you, you get, get a to new see person too, from different angles, and so I totally get lost in the idea of. You know, what, how do you choose, like, I've made the choices to lead me to having a steady job and, you know, I'll retire and I've got health insurance and I got a car payment and a fucking mortgage and all this boring shit that makes me constant, that is a constant layer of, I'm in a trap, I'm in a trap, I'm in a cage, and yet... I choose that. But then we talked about this the benefits, movie that these people seem like they're free. But, but it's not. actually exactly. a little trap. You, if I would yeah. choose to be the person who goes to the bar every night and not have married you and not have taken care of my nephew and live the wild kind of life of getting by day to day and aging with people that you don't give a shit about really and having different jobs and working at you know, a grocery store and then working over here. I've worked all, I've had over 30 jobs and all kinds, all different things, all different kinds of things. And that's a trap too, because you, you, it's as hard to escape the confines of quote unquote freedom because you got nothing as it is when you've got just enough to say, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go live in a cabin in the woods. And then when you get to the cabin, what happens? You've got to cut the wood and get the food and live through the winters. You're just, no matter what you do, you're, you know, so I think that's really exciting to explore and that I understand that there are people who give off this vibe of like, hey, I'm free, fuck society, I I don't, I'm a rebel, like I don't, I'm too cool for all that shit and I just want to, you know, live my life, man, all these rules and that what you get a little, dig a little deeper and there's nothing that special or interesting about them. You know, you, it's all on the outside, that thing. So I loved it because I'll think about it a lot more. It'll bring up a lot more thoughts and like... I got another movie I got a vibe of watching this movie was Boyhood. I know it's not the same movie, but that yeah. journey, you know, like a Boyhood's like a journey through like... Literally. 20 like, years or whatever. Yeah. But the journey he was he was on and it, the realism that takes as well that's that's what a lot of what i got from this um so i think we both recommend it i highly what recommend. a great movie well, to end i can't recommend it to most people i know because they would find it boring i was just and about long. to say that when you go uh, when I, l- I was looking at some people on my list i was like oh i've got to tell somebody about this movie 
what an awesome movie. And then I was like, oh, shit. Most of my friends are stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and most of your friends listen to this. <laughs> my friends are not stupid. My friends are quite intelligent. Mm. However, they don't have the same, you know, none of us do have the same thing of, like, this movie will make me think about life and very sort of, like, deep things to myself. One of my friends wouldn't watch anything but a Hallmark movie that has a super happy ending and might even fast forward through some of the parts where somebody's it's a little bit too sad because she just wants it to be happy all the time and not very long. <laughs> so, you know, we're all different. So I, I can't think of a person. I don't think. Well, maybe a couple of young people. Well, it does make who me. Who might like enjoy it and it, get it, you know? It does make me appreciate that I appreciate movies because when oh, I'm yes, sat there watching definitely. this movie. I'm sat watching it. It's three hours long. It's two hours and 20 minutes in or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, please don't end. I'm really enjoying it. This could go on all day. I would love this movie. You know? Yes. Why don't people make eight-hour movies? They just don't. Like, I, I could actually, you know, swim in this movie. Like, it's like, there are movies like this where I'm just in it. Like, it's just... You're yeah, on you a feel. That's what I felt. Yeah, so that makes me appreciate that I appreciate films in that way or i can just sit down and watch elf and have some fun with that exactly. too you know so um yeah we both recommend it uh to people who have got brains <laughs> i'm trying not to insult friends who are stupid <laughs> i don't think you're succeeding stupid all right so um thanks to lionsgate for this blu-ray if you want to enter a contest we've got a few movies uh, to give away this week well, next week. So go to ascully.com next week. You can win a copy of Phantasm Remastered. Phantasm Ravager. You can also win a copy of The Dressmaker, starring uh, Kate Winslet. And a brand new one called Train to Busan, which is a brand new zombie movie from Korea, which yeah, is yeah. getting rave reviews. I'm excited about that one. So uh, you can win a copy of that too on Blu-ray. Go to ascully.com early next week. All those contests will be there for you. Very easy to enter. US entries only. I have to say that. <laughs> so, next week's Blu-ray review will be the first one of 2017, and it will be Blair Witch, the sequel to Blair Witch. We will be looking at that next week. It's not the only one. There's more than one. It's actually the sequel to the first Blair Witch. The right. second one is the sequel to the first one, but this is not a direct sequel to the first so one. There, so there's more than one is what I'm yeah. saying. This is with the third Blair Witch... <laughs> But it is just called Blair Witch, not the Blair Witch Project. So um, we'll be looking at that. And uh, movie recommendations this week. I am going on the theme of American Honey. So I'm going to recommend you Fish Tank by Andrea Arnold. It's very expensive on Blu-ray, but it is on Netflix if you want to watch it. Watch it. And my other one is uh, Kids, which um, is a movie that this movie reminded me a lot of, actually. Kids is a lot more... Um, dark than this no shit but it's still a very following some it feels like this movie to me it's um from a while ago but it yeah because as a young um it does scarlett johansson no yeah, chloe savani yeah when she <laughs> when she when people didn't even know who she was like i mean she was a kid it was about kids oh it's a yeah and it was you know tragic it's tragic, it's dark, and it feels like you're just following some people along. It's um, really, really interesting. So, uh, kids and fish tank are my uh, 
American Honey recommendations. And I'm going to say a movie called L.I.E. Or Lie. In the movie, there's a there's a highway called the L.I.E., but it's very, it's unsettling, and it's another thing that's like why and how a person who is like a young boy who gets manipulated and taken advantage of and sort of like twists around his bad situation to someone else's benefit, and it's really fucked up. It stars, and, um... Yeah, Brian from Cox. Last, Brian Cox from last week's uh, movie, yeah. Morgan. That's what I always think of when I see a name movie with Brian Cox. Yeah, creepy, yeah. <laughs> Because it's so powerfully creepy. And I don't really... I can't think of another one. I'm trying. Oh, I want to give you something good. But I, I, I can't. I don't... I can't think of anything. All right, I'll fill that one in. I'll, I'll no, you can't think for me. Oh. You can say another recommendation from you. All right. The Master by Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> oh, no, here's one. I got it. Punch Drunk Love. Because right. it is one of those that it is, it's a Hollywoody, you know, it's packaged up to a degree, but it has an edge to it about a person who is not your standard person. He is not Adam Sandler's character and the woman that he falls in love with. And it has that sort of on edge weirdness where you Paul have Thomas to just let again. it go. It's yeah. not a Hollywoody thing. Punch it's, drunk love. It's more, um, well, artistic. it's packaged up like that. It looks yeah. fine. It's, it's produced in a way that Hollywood movies are produced. It's not, rough around the edges it's not independent it's none of that it's you know big movie but punch drunk love all right so games and a scully stuff this week we actually watched a bbc miniseries last night which uh, is called rillington place um it's it aired on bbc one recently it's three parts so three hours and uh, it stars tim roth as reginald christie which is a famous serial killer from the uh, 1940s and 50s and 60s in the in London. Um, there was an actual Hollywood movie about it called Ten Rillington Place, which starred um, Richard Attenborough as Christie. Uh, but there hasn't been nothing else done on it until now, 2016, where this Rillington Place... Now, you didn't really know the story, so... No. You watched it. Uh, would you recommend it to people? It's a true story, by the way. Based on it's based on true events, yeah. so you don't never know the it, whole. It, yeah. it almost is what happened, though, isn't it? When we I don't know. I mean, we only have the accounts, yeah. so we don't know. We weren't there, but it's really high quality. And it's in the really BBC intense. Way. In that, again, I would say that a lot of people I know would find it boring because it is paced in a way where you're not. It's not like you're. It's not Henry. Uh, not an action movie. Yeah, it's not like Portrait of a Killer. It's not a movie about Dahmer. It's not packaged in a way that's like... When I started to watch a documentary last night about a serial killer guy... It's not sensational. Yeah, yeah, it's really on the lowdown. And the performances are... It's incredible. I mean, it's a little bit stagey at times. Because Timothy Roth really, <laughs> like, goes in there to that guy's everything mannerisms. But... It's just paced in a way because it's three episodes, so it's not all crammed into an hour. It's not, you know, it's it's beautiful, like <laughs> beautiful and terrible at the same There's time. There's a lot more to it than the actual movie. The movie's very straightforward and it just tells the story. This actually goes from three points of view throughout the three episodes. And I like that better. I think it gave you more time to understand the characters more. Samantha Morton plays his wife. So good. Yeah. It's really good. It's like it's a top class BBC drama. If you're into serial killer stuff, real life stuff, this guy will creep you the shit out. Oh shit! Yeah, 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, and excellent work from Tim Roth, I have to say. Uh, and the other thing uh, is a game that I played, or we played, was uh, The Walking Dead Season 3. Um, Telltale's Walking Dead. Clementine is back. It's quite a few years after the last one. Uh, how many years after? Like, five years later, maybe? She's a... Four years. Yeah, she's like a... They say it's been four years. How old is she now? Thirteen. I think she was nine when we yeah. first met her. Yeah, and uh, it's the continuing adventures of Clementine, but, as a big twist this time, you don't play as Clementine. She's not the playable character. It's this new guy Does called Javier. You? Huh? Does that bother you? No, it doesn't, actually, because I like this new guy. And seeing her story through him is better for me. Because we've already been her, right? We've been Lee for the first season. We was her for the second season. And now with this new guy who meets Clementine. And you're seeing her story through him. And he has got a lot of interesting stuff yeah, going on too. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. So it's clever the way they did it. And you get two episodes uh, right off the bat, which is good. Because those two episodes, I think you need them. You need both of them to make the impact that it does. And I have to say, the ending of episode two, which I won't spoil, <laughs> was a big shocker. I was like, holy shit, they did it. Like, they do they do manage to do that telltale quite a lot, don't they? They, yes. they do something where you go, oh shit, I didn't think of that, even though it's right in front of my face all the time. And then you go, wow, that's really cool. So that's The Walking Dead season three. Um, there's going to be five episodes. Uh, I think there's one in January. Uh, and then every two months, like they normally do. But you do get two right off the bat, and it is a cool game. It is good. Technically, it's better. And I don't play. Better. I just watch. You just watch. It's a movie to you. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And occasionally, I'll say to you, what do you think? What do I do? What question. do I say? What do yeah. I do? <laughs> so it's a, it, for you, it's a choose-your-own-adventure type thing uh, that you just look at. I, I control it because uh, it's a lot of hitting the right button at the right time. And somebody who's not a gamer, I don't think, would get it. I th- don't think they'd know. But to hit. Like you. If I say to you, hit the X button, it's not immediate to you where the X no, button is. No, no, no. Even if an X button comes up on the screen, you would have to look, right? With me, I don't even have to look. In fact, no. my controller's under my cover, which I have over me. So I don't even see the <laughs> controller. That's what I mean. There's a Are difference. you bragging? Are you bragging well, about your a difference, gaming ability? If you've had a, <laughs> a, a game controller in your hand since you was like, what? Eight, nine years old? You kind of know what where all the buttons are. So that's The Walking Dead Season 3. That's all I got this week, apart from Sven on on New Year's Eve will be The Mummy's Ghost. Last week's one was kind of interesting. Canary, Cat and the Canary. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was like a whodunit kind of thing. I liked it. I mean, it's, you know, hokey and weird, but it was really full. Some of those movies we watch and you get done, you're like, why did they make that into a movie? But they make movies like that now. They made The Cat and the Canary more than once it was that good. There's more than one What about King Kong? Right. (laughs) That's not an anomaly. So uh, what's for dinner tonight? Tonight will be Jimmy John's because I'm not in the mood to cook, except I'm going to finish the gingerbread house. Now, you cannot eat the gingerbread because it's been sitting on the table for a few days. It has. (laughs) I figured out how to make royal icing with the ingredients that I have. So it's an inedible gingerbread house. Well, the stuff on it will be edible. You'll be able to eat all the candies and candy canes. Those are all fine. Uh, Can I put syrup on my candy canes? (laughs) (laughs) is there sugar in syrup yes there is then yes i love it we're talking about elf there the Um, food groups so that's our supper and what's my advice it goes in theme here with the with the being in a cage of your own making but be aware 
that you're in a cage. It, if you think you're free, you know, that's, I guess that's great. Maybe it's better to not know you're in a cage or not to think about it. But I think if you're aware of it and you don't want to be in that one, in that life, that gives you a little bit of a stepping stone to, to change it. If you just live in a bubble and you're convinced that you're just kind of stuck in it, but you don't realize that you're in a, a trap that you could get out of. I'm trapped in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> Another Will Ferrell. <laughs> so I'm just saying, be aware that you have chosen, unless you're a child or unless you have some horrible disease or an injury that you didn't contribute to. You know I don't mean that. But in your life, your daily normal life, you've chosen a lot of the things that got you to the cage that you're in. So you can also make choices that get you out to another cage. That's, yes. That's a, right, uplifting. Someone said this movie was optimistic. I disagree. I think it's neutral. I and mean, it's realistic, but it's not optimistic. I think Star has an optimistic look at things in, in parts that she's just. She's kind of like an open wound, and she just yeah, very yeah. That's a good way to describe. She them. doesn't. She doesn't kind of like neg negative on every on anything. In fact, she's fairly positive. She tries to make the most out of what she's doing, but uh, yeah, it's not really super positive. As I'm in, not saying it's not positive. It's I'm kind of it's uplifting. Not optimist. In a way. Well, that's optimism then. So yeah. you see it as that. I don't see it as that. I mean, there are moments, is what I mean. It's not overall uplifting, but there are moments of upliftingness. Some of the moments where they're just singing in the um, van, even if it's a rap song or whatever, See, I it's find just that a, really a sad. Happiness part, like I don't a, feel like that's happy at all. I mean, there's a bit of bit of both. I feel like it's really sad. There's a bit of an almost famous moment in it where they sing, uh, yeah, American Honey. They actually sing the song American Honey all together, and it reminded me of Almost Famous. It didn't, it didn't remind it's you got, of Magnolia? No, it was Almost Famous. It's got this. Um, it's a happy moment for these people. But inside, all the people, same in Almost Famous, they're not actually happy. No, exactly. That's well, this is saying. a happy moment, but overall, we're not happy. <laughs> I mean, not 100%. So, um, yes. So, remind you about our website, sayschooler.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. Listen, subscribe there. Email feedback to me at aschoolatasechoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And um, stay classy, Miss Mrs. Andrea Arnold. You have already got one Academy Award. I would really like to see this go up for an Academy Award. Definitely. Um, and I know it's an independent film, and they don't generally get up there, but she did win. This, this movie did win the third prize at Cannes this year, so it is highly respected, and uh, I would like to see that. And I'm going to say thank for yourselves or someone will do it for you. And happiest of new years. Happy 2017. Bring it on, 2017. <laughs>